Need to get your football fix on all things Army, Navy, and Air Force? This is Yards and Stripes, Service Academy Football. Now, here are your hosts, Price Atkinson and Bill Rowland. Yes, it is. Price Atkinson and Bill Rowland with you for another week of Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. He is Bill and I am Price, and we have a lot to get into this weekend or this past weekend, including some a couple surprising results, Bill. And then a look ahead to what amounts to, I think, two fairly big games for both teams this weekend as Army will be off. And we will talk about the upcoming games. We'll give out our proverbial game ball. We will also recap those games from last weekend and also do our Travis Manion Foundation honor roll, honoring a fallen former hero which we end every podcast doing that but bill how's it going how was your weekend especially in the world of college football yeah it's good it's good to be back with you again for another week of uh yards and stripes and you know we're getting pretty good at this predicting thing i mean we said it was probably gonna be a two and one weekend i'm not sure that we thought it was gonna be the two that did win at least one of them anyway but uh it, always nice even though we didn't get the three and oh sweep for the service academy is always nice to be able to talk about an upset win and uh, a win for a team that had been struggling and for a really good guy. And we'll get to that, you know, Navy, obviously by now people well aware of, of, of yeah. what, of what went on and, and, and them getting the win, but how they got it to me said even more than them just winning that game. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think a common theme that maybe you and I will talk about here as we get ready to hop into it is, you know, just the 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 overwhelming starts in a couple of these games that uh, kind of set the tone from the very beginning. And so I think that's where we should use as our launching point, Bill. And let's start with Ball State and Army, a what, surprising win in Muncie, Indiana. Ball State knocking off Army 28 to 16, snapping Army's winning streak. The Black Knights fall to four and one while Ball State now two and three. I mean, Army had the ball over 38 minutes and outgained Ball State offensively, you know, but the tone I think was set from the very beginning when Ball State takes the opening kickoff 99 yards for a touchdown. Uh, then on the next drive, Army goes six plays, stopped, and then very next play, one play, 44-yard touchdown pass. It was 14-0 before he could blink, less than five minutes into the game, Bill. To me, it was all about that strong Ball State start, and Army couldn't recover. Yeah, and it was surprising because we had seen Army play so well this year and do those things that Ball State did to them, where they were able to get stops against an opponent and then take advantage and kind of put them you know, behind the sticks, as coaches like to say, and really have them playing catch-up. And while all these service academy teams are not geared towards being down and having to come back because they don't throw the football, it's ball control, it's clock control, it's all that type of stuff – it was still early enough in this ball game, down 14 mm -hmm. to nothing with still 10 minutes to go in the first quarter. And then even getting down 21 to nothing, there was still time because that, again, was with five minutes to go in the first quarter. You still had three-plus quarters to get back into it, and they did, but they just never could get that one big drive to get them back into the ball game. They got it to 21-14 before halftime, but it ended in the, in the third and fourth quarter, they did, once again, nothing. Now, we said Ball State's rushing defense was pretty good coming into this one. 
I didn't think they'd be able to, to slow down Army as well as they did and basically hold them to just two scoring drives. So hats off to the, the Cardinals for being able to do it. But I was stunned that Army was unable to move the football uh, against Ball State in this game. Yeah, I was too. Christian Anderson, starting quarterback for the Black Knights, did not play. Tyhere Tyler getting the start. Leads the way with 24 carries, 63 yards, including those two touchdowns, short touchdown runs in the second quarter, which made it 21 to 14 at halftime, like you said. You know, but then a couple interceptions, one by Tyler and then one by Jamel Jones, the backup. You know, it's just trying to get something going, jump started by, you know, for Jeff Munkin and that offense. They couldn't do it. So two interceptions. Um, that didn't help. That didn't help things for the Black Knights. Um, here's what Jeff Munkin had to say, you know, afterwards, you know, in regard to they didn't do anything to help themselves in this football game. They did a great job. They kicked our butts. But uh, we didn't help ourselves in a lot of places. And, and that usually happens. That's usually how it works. Uh, the four games that we managed to win this year, I'm sure the coaches on the other side and the players on the other side tell you they didn't help themselves if they could have done things. But to uh, give themselves a better chance of a game. And unfortunately, those games we did enough. And we did on Saturday night. And that was Jeff Munkin, the head coach of the Black Knights. And, you know, like you mentioned, Bill, 213 yards rushing is all that Army can muster. Doesn't sound like a lot, but it does sound like a lot compared to Ball State's only 36 yards uh, of rushing offense. But, you know, it, again, we, we all know when you start uh, down 21 nothing and are trying to mount a comeback, you know, these offenses are not, you know, blessed, so to speak, with the kind of quarterbacks that you sometimes need, especially to throw the pill around and, you know, maybe get something going really quickly, like a quick score, um, you know, but Army just couldn't seem to find their footing. And, and this is one of those things where, I mean, on paper, and I know things, you know, you, that's why you play games, you know, you don't just have paper champions, but you know, this is the game that I think if Army go, goes, you know, 10 and 2, only loses one game or maybe three, this is one you look like, dead gummit. How did we lose to Ball State? I think it's going to be one that they kind of look back on and be like, how do we let that one get away? Even though they were 21 nothing, I still think that Army is a much better football team than Ball State, just not Saturday. Yeah, and it comes down to what coaches at every level talk about all the time, Price, and that's the turnovers. And they turned the ball over three times. Now, as you mentioned, Two of those were interceptions thrown by quarterbacks, and, and Army's not going to be throwing the football uh, you know, 25, 30 times a game. So th that's the other problem. When you throw two picks and you're only used to throwing about eight to ten passes a game, that's a problem because then you're yeah. turning it over a ton in that regard. So the three turnovers is what killed them. And I'm with you. We probably got ahead of ourselves and, and are guilty of that, but we're allowed to because we're not the ones yeah. playing. We're not the ones game planning. <laughs> You know, we were looking at that Wisconsin and saying, hey, Army, you know, 5-0, and get to the bye week. Wisconsin coming up after that. They're, you know, they're going to be ready to go. This could be interesting. It's still going to be an interesting game, just not as much as if they were 5-0 and at 4-1. I know it sounds silly, but 5-0 and and you're going up against the Big Ten team in Wisconsin who's had their struggles and you got a shot to get to 6-0, and man, now you almost feel like they lose that game 4-2 and and it's just kind of back to square one for them. Yep, you mentioned the bye week. Jeff Munkin, on that weekend off coming up for Army, they will not play this weekend. Uh, I think we got to get rested up. Um, I felt like uh, I felt like we looked fatigued and and uh, a little worn down physically, and I think that's uh, 
it's just kind of where we're at in the season. So hopefully this bye week will will help us get uh, some needed rest and, and get healthy. I know you can tell, Bill, you can certainly tell a, uh, a Jeff Munkin after a loss and a Jeff Munkin after a win. Yeah, he's not very uh, enthusiastic about how things went on Saturday, but he's right. And, and again, I go back to, you know, we were guilty of looking ahead to Wisconsin. Look, last week we said that they could probably win this game with their backup quarterback because they were that much better than Ball State. We were wrong. They didn't win that game with their backup quarterback. Now, who knows if the starter had played, if that would have made a difference. It may have, but he's not in that game. You know, Munkin may have thought the same thing we did, that, you know what, yeah. Ball State, we should be able to win this game. And all these guys talk about it shouldn't matter who's back there. It's our system. It's what we do. Maybe that's the case, but, boy, they sure did miss their starting QB this past weekend. They most certainly did. All right, let's move out west now. Let's go out to, uh, well, I guess Albuquerque from last weekend and where the Air Force Academy came, saw, and kicked some uh, New Mexico Lobo tail, 38-10, winners over New Mexico in Albuquerque. Air Force now 4-1, and 1-1 one, one and one in the Mountain West, you know, while New Mexico dropping to 2-3. and three. This was their conference opener. And again, setting the tone from the start, that's what Air Force did, three touchdowns and a field goal on their first four drives to to take a 24-0 lead at halftime. They never looked back. Um, you know, they scored a touchdown now on their opening offensive drive of the game in four out of their five contests this season. Again, quick, fast start. Air Force and Troy Calhoun's team, they never looked back. Now 2-0 and on the road this season, Bill. Yeah, and a nice uh, win in, in Air Force fashion. 408 yards on the ground, 73 rushing attempts in this ball game, and that's exactly what you want to do. And they buried them early. New Mexico got behind the eight ball, as you said, 24 to zip at the half, and they just kept pouring it on. Just an all-around effort, I thought, from Air Force against a team that was outmatched uh, and outclassed, quite frankly. And and Air Force, you know, we talk about how Army is going to look back at that Ball State game. I think Air Force is is now looking back at that game that they lost early to Utah State, and, and really, they have to be thinking, how close were we to be really having a shot? to possibly go undefeated during the regular season. Now, they may drop another one because the Mountain West has, has got some teams that can sling it around yeah. and, and cause problems. But they really had a shot to be in a position to run the table and go undefeated if it had not been for that, that Utah State game early on. Yep. And, you know, we talk about the offense setting the tone, and they did. Um, but the Air Force defense, you know, New Mexico's first half, 18 plays, three punts, only seven minutes time of possession. They had three penalties for 20 yards. Longest drive was five plays, five yards. Um, you know, the Air Force defense, you know, slowly they're 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 making a, you know, kind of a I don't want to say a name for themselves. But, you know, we always think offense, especially surface academies and, and option football. You know, some of these teams can play a little bit of defense, too. And Air Force right now is, you know, I think probably the Utah State game being the outlier. But this is an Air Force defense. It really is finding it uh, on the defensive side of the football, forcing what three turnovers. Senior linebacker Vince Sanford, three and a half sacks, most by an Air Force player in a single game since 08. Um, Corbin Taylor, I believe, um, recovered two fumbles in the game, had six tackles, uh, second on the team. I mean, defensively, Air Force right now is really getting the job done as much as anything. 
But you mentioned it, the three turnovers, two forced fumbles, they had an interception, and really shutting down the run game as well. 20 attempts, only gave up 47 net yards on the ground. That's 2.4 a carry. When you're able to do that and, and jump out to a 24 to nothing lead and make another team one-dimensional, it's so much easier for these service academy teams when they know they've got the other team down, they're going to have to throw the football. You don't have to necessarily worry about being outmatched on the front line. And, and Air Force clearly wasn't outmatched on you know on the front four, front seven defensively in, in this ballgame. But it's so much easier than if a team is able to run the football and be able to drop back and throw where you have to figure out what's coming. You get caught up on play action, stuff like that. They knew up 24-zip, pin the ears back, go get the quarterback because that's the only way that New Mexico is going to get back in the ball game, and they certainly weren't able to do it. Corbin Taylor, one of the leaders of the defense. Here's what he had to say about that Air Force defense getting better and better. We've just grown pretty much everywhere. Our fits are a lot better. Our keys are a lot better. We're used to... We're seeing offenses used to the tempo of the game because you can never like match the tempo of a game in practice. I think we're all just getting a lot more comfortable, and we're just improving and getting better with our fundamentals every week, especially. All right, back to the offense. Brad Roberts leading the way again. Uh, fullback, 29 carries, 142 yards, two touchdowns. Has had a couple big games against New Mexico in his career. Here's what Troy Calhoun had to say about his star running back who just keeps on producing and producing. Well, his, his work ethic, um, his consistency, his attention to detail. Uh, I mean, he's, and yet also how much fire he has in, in terms of pulling for Omar and pulling for Emmanuel Michelle, because all three of those guys are contributors for us. All right, and let's hear from Roberts himself. You know, those running backs also give a lot of credit, Bill, always to their offensive line. But in this case, he was crediting that Air Force defense and what they were doing and being able to get off the field on three and outs. I mean, when the defense can do three and outs like that, give us the ball in great field position, um, I think it's kind of our job to to score on that drive and just change the momentum of the game. You know, Roberts was one of 10 guys carrying the football, junior slot back DeAndre Hopkins, um, or DeAndre Hughes, excuse me, 10 carries, 89 yards for a touchdown. That 53-yarder in the third quarter made it 31 to nothing. Troy Calhoun's been able to play a lot of guys this season. It was a team that had some inexperience at spots. Boy, this is a team, you know, at 4-1, and one, we talked about early in the season, you know, they had a chance to go 6-0. We know that's not going to happen now because that kind of more of a backloaded schedule. But 5-1, and one, getting ready for Wyoming, which we'll preview here in just a little bit. Well, I really like the way Air Force is playing, especially both sides of the football and special teams. Yeah, we got to say a congratulations. We talk about him pretty much every week, but Brad Roberts going over 1,000 yards in his Air Force career with the 143 that he had in this past game. So good on him that uh, that he's just putting together a really, really nice career. And and and, and also, we, we laugh because all year long, Coach Calhoun has talked about how young they are up front and everybody else has all these guys that have started and he doesn't have anybody. And he talked about in his post-game press conference that, you know, in a couple years when, when his offensive line are going to be basically all seniors, I mean, you, you really have to be excited for what this team can do and where they're going to be mm -hmm. at that point. But even starting... I think three sophomores across the front that had never started before, three new guys, they still were able to pound the football again, over 400 net yards rushing, 408 on the day. That's what they want to be able to do. It's a scary thought that this offensive line 
uh, is going to get just better and better. And they've had to start a different combination of an offensive line in, in every game this season. So they're just going to get better by the end of the year. Th- this offensive line is going to be really, really good. And then you got you have guys like Hughes. You have guys like Zeke Daniels. You have guys like Roberts running behind them. Air, Air Force is going to be a tough out. I, I don't care who it is. The defense has gotten better, and the offense is just going to continue to improve. Absolutely. Again, Air Force, a 38-10 to 10 winner in the football game over um, – New Mexico, excuse me. All right, Bill, here we go. Navy, UCF, midshipmen, they get off the snide. Another surprise. Army was a surprise for both of us, losing at Ball State. Navy comes home and defeats the Gus Bus in the UCF Knights. 34-30, rallying in the fourth quarter from 13 down. Ty Lavatai returns from injury to help rally the midshipmen past the Knights, Navy's first win over UCF in three meetings since they joined the AAC in 2015. It was a thriller in Annapolis. I would have loved to have been in the house for the ending of that game as interception uh, made by Taylor Robinson in the end zone late in the fourth quarter, less than 30 seconds to go, preserves the victory and caps the comeback. Yeah, pretty amazing that they were able to, to pull off that that 17 to nothing run in the fourth quarter. And we talked about, you know, how you know, Army getting down 21 to nothing, and there was still plenty of time for them to be able to put drives together and that these offenses aren't quick scoring offenses. Well, don't tell that to Navy because look at their look at their drives in the fourth quarter. Seven plays, 45 yards for a touchdown in 315. 11 plays, 53 yards in 519. Now, that's not you know quick strike minute and a half, but for a Navy, those are quick quick scoring drives if you're going that far you know in under four minutes in that on that one drive that is a quick scoring offense for navy so good on them to be able to do that and and it came on a day when they had a couple of things um that that went their way including getting a special teams touchdown we talked about how bad the special teams had been for navy well they go ahead block the punt for the touchdown They've turned it around. I give all the credit in the world to Coach Ken up there at Navy because they were terrible when it came to special teams. They used the special teams on Saturday to get the thing turned around and and ultimately come up with a victory. Yeah, and credit to uh, the Navy defense as well, keeping UCF in check somewhat. Only 326 yards of total offense, 148 on the ground. Um, Diego Fago, really the heart and soul of that Navy defense leading the way, um, especially knocking that ball out of Brandon Johnson's hands with um, about 10 minutes to go, and Navy makes it count going 11 plays, 53 yards. Um, you know, with a go-ahead touchdown run with three minutes to go. And, you know, I know Mikey Keene was his true freshman, uh, first career start for UCF, and, you know, throws that interception, his only pick of the game late in the game. But, you know, Navy, you know, that defense, you know, it, they've given up a hunk of yards this year. And UCF, when you think Gus Malzahn's teams, you think of up-tempo offense, you know, changing the looks up. And, you know, they, they bent, but they didn't break. And especially on a day when, you know, discipline still seems to be somewhat of an issue. You know, two turnovers by the midshipmen and kind of an uncharacteristic eight penalties for 72 yards. That shoe is usually on the other foot. Um, you know, I don't want to say that Navy played its best game. I think uh, Coach Neil Matalola would tell you they're ways away 
uh, from playing their best game, but still on a day where you may not have played your best, you did enough to get the job done, especially in those key moments. Well, yeah, I think they did more than enough, um, obviously, to, to get the win. This answered a lot of questions about where uh, Navy is and where they may be going because I had them dead and buried after the Air Force game. I thought there's no way this team gets up off the mat. They just look <clears throat> absolutely overmatched in every facet of the game. Less than 75 total yards uh, in that football game. I mean, they were just getting absolutely dominated. And then they stepped up after the bye week. We said, let's see some life from them. They showed it against Houston, a game that they probably could have won. Mm-hmm. Um, and then come home, and probably most people again at 30 to 17 thought, all right, well, maybe we can make a game of this thing, at least keep it close, you know, maybe pull something off. But they hadn't been able to slow down Central Florida in this ballgame 30 points in three quarters. And then the defense steps up, shuts them out in the fourth quarter. The offense comes up with some big plays, and, and they end up getting the win. Says a lot about the, the motivation factor uh, for Navy, that coaching staff, and doing a good job for them. Yeah, I think one thing is definitely clear to me now. Ty Lavatai is the guy going forward at quarterback. I know Xavier Arline is is a great athlete. You know, is an outstanding lacrosse player uh, coming out of high school. Has you know been more than capable. Um, you know, running the football, especially. I'd like to see him find the field. You know, if he's not going to be the starting quarterback, I'd like to see him. You know, find the field maybe as a slot back with that athleticism. But you know, it's still probably going to be an unsettled situation. But I think Ty Lavatai is now. I see why Coach Niamatololo was saying he was the guy. You know, while he wasn't maybe the most effective carrying the football, you know, he, he's a guy that can throw it a little bit too. He's two of four, fifty-eight yards, ran twenty-one times. You know, some really tough, gritty runs between the tackle. Let's listen to what Ken, Coach Ken Niamatololo had to say about his quarterback afterwards. Kind of the way he ran is kind of how we expected because we've seen that, you know, the the third and shorts, the fourth and shorts where he's able to get the first down. Those are huge for us because just to keep the sticks moving. And so, you know, he's a bigger kid, you know, 215, 220. But and so I think, you know, it, it fits into kind of our power running option game. You got to feel good after that win if you're in that Navy locker room. And I know Lavatai did. Here's what he said on the mids picking up their first win to move to one in three this season, including an even Steven one in one record in the American Athletic Conference. Um, I mean, it means everything. I didn't even know beforehand, like the last time we did win. So, I mean, like, it's a huge deal for all of us just to, like, know that, like, prove to ourselves that we're able to do it. Um, I mean, it felt like we've been, we were getting closer and closer uh, at the Houston game. It felt like, we were starting to put everything together a little more, and now it finally was all able to click. So I think just for everyone in that locker room, it just shows that it proves to all of us what we already knew, that like we're all capable of doing or like making plays, going out there and executing what we need to do and like winning in the end. So I think it just was a big, um, a big sigh of relief for all of us just to see it all come together. Bill, that's a game where it could have gone south big time. Navy could be staring at 0-4, down 30-17 to late in that third quarter. They didn't. They rallied. Now let's see what they can do this coming weekend at home again against a really high-octane SMU team, which we'll preview that game here in just a few minutes. All right, Bill, it's time to give out a couple game balls. Who goes first this week? Uh, I'll go ahead and go first this week. Since right. we were just talking about Navy, I'll just stick it right there. The guy we just heard from, their quarterback, getting them the first victory of the season. Lavathai gets uh, my game ball. As you mentioned, the numbers, two for four, 58 yards. 
The rushing number's not great. 21 carries, only 66 yards and 57 net yards total. So average less than three yards a carry. But what he has to do for that football team, knowing who to give the ball to, knowing where to go with the football, in, in just the ability to be able to complete passes down the field, uh, gives them an entirely different look than they had when uh, Xavier Arline was in there. And anytime, look, Navy gets a win. They come from, you know, 17-0 fourth quarter run. You got to give it to the guy who led that comeback. So Ty Lavatai gets my uh, game ball for this week. Yeah, my game ball, I'm going to go out west. I'm going to go out to the Air Force Academy. I really like what they're doing on defense. You know, they had a big-time effort against New Mexico, but – um, senior linebacker Vince Sanford, uh, three and a half sacks uh, in the game alone, uh, as I mentioned, most by a single player by the Falcons in a single game since 2008. Sanford in that defense holding the Lobos to 47 yards rushing, including 189 total yards of offense. Uh, Corbin Taylor also had a big game, but you know Vince Sanford coming up big at that linebacker spot, a senior. You know, getting a whole lot of playing time and making a case, say, hey, look, come on, guys, don't forget about me. Don't forget about us on this defensive side of the football. We're pretty good bunch, too. Um, he gets my game ball, does senior linebacker Vince Sanford for the Air Force Academy. All right, Bill, we got some games to preview coming up this weekend. We got our Travis Manion Foundation honor roll segment. We'll wrap up this episode of Yards and Stripes, your own for Service Academy football. Don't forget, you can download, listen, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spreaker, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, Google Podcasts, your favorite podcast platform. Just go search Yards and Stripes. You can hear the soothing tones of Bill Rowland and myself every single week as we bring Service Academy football, Army, Navy, and Air Force into your earpiece, your speaker, your home, wherever you are, your car. We will do it all season with a new episode Wednesdays, midweek, every single week during the 2021 college football season. But Bill and I will be right back. We got a whole lot more in this edition of Yards and Stripes, your home for service academy football. In 2007, Marine First Lieutenant Travis Manion was killed in Iraq after saving his wounded teammates. Travis's legacy lives on through the five words he spoke before leaving for his final deployment. If not me, then who? Words that today fuel the spirit of Travis Manion Foundation. Words that live in veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians who go out of their way to find a way, who help others with the help of others, who bounce back after each setback who make good on good intentions. Through Travis Manion Foundation, if not me, then who are words that can live in you too. Show the world what your character is made of because character is invisible until it's not. Find out how you can strengthen the character of your community alongside empowered veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians at travismanion.org. That's travismanion.org. Welcome back to Yards and Stripes, everyone. Bill Rowland here, Price Atkinson alongside with me. Now time to take a look at the games coming up this weekend. For Service Academy Football, Army gets the week off. They'll be licking their wounds from that loss that they suffered to Ball State. Navy and Air Force both in action. And we will start with Navy, the team coming off the big win against Central Florida. 
Price, if they're going to get a win this week, it's going to be an even bigger win because now they take on nationally ranked SMU, Southern Methodist, coming to town to take on Navy there in Annapolis. And they are about a two-touchdown favorite to defeat the midshipmen. So uh, Navy has their hands full with another high-octane offense coming up this weekend. SMU, a scary bunch. You know, with Sonny Dykes at the helm, they're going to be throwing the ball around. The head coach who has thrown the ball every single place he's been. But, Bill, here's the scary part about it. SMU is... They're fairly balanced. If you talk about a pass-happy offense, they rank 23rd in the country in rush yards per game, 218, and they're 14th in passing offense at, at 314 a game, which equates to the fifth-best total offense, seventh-best scoring offense at 42.5 points a game. Boy, pick your poison. Running, throwing, dangerous is the name of the game when it comes to SMU, led by the Oklahoma transfer quarterback, Tanner Mordecai. Yeah, they've put up a lot of points. Now, some of that, I mean, Abilene Christian, week one, 56 points. But even even with that, they dropped 42 on TCU, had 41 their last outing against South Florida. They can put up points. This is what worries me about Navy, even though they were able to put up 34 in the last outing this past Saturday, I don't know that Navy can continue to try to win shootouts like this. I don't know that they're built to have these games end up in the you know high 30s, low 40s. So they're going to have to find a way, once again, we talk about it every week, control the football. If you can keep SMU somehow in the 20s to low 30s, maybe you got a shot to escape one late. If they let SMU get out and get going, and this is going to pace to, a, again, a high 30s, low 40s game, I, I just don't know that that Navy can get there with this offense. They're, they're just not skilled enough, I think, to, to kind of run that type of game with a team like SMU. Yeah, 3.30 kickoff on CBS Sports, SMU 13.5-point favorite, but one of 17 uh, FBS schools still undefeated nationally, ranked 24th in the nation. So I got a trivia question, Bill. Can you name the last opponent that Navy beat that was ranked? The last opponent they beat, it had to be in 2019, and I have no idea who it would be, but I'm just going to say 2019 because they weren't very good in 2020. So I don't, well, I don't know. On the spot. Yeah, who was but, it? It was SMU when SMU was ranked number 21 in 2019, and okay. they scored a 25 or excuse me, a 35-28 win over Sonny Dykes and crew two years ago. Well, so, see, I had the year right. I mean, you, you know. certainly did. And you listen to that score; they held SMU to what 28. I, that's where they have yep. to be, I think, to, to win this type of game. That's where they have to be. They have to keep SMU in the 20s, low 30s if they got a shot. If it gets higher than that, I just don't know that Navy can score that much. Yeah, I don't know. They've as, as, Navy's had SMU's number over the years. They lead the series 13-9. They're 6-3 and three in games all-time in Annapolis and 4-2 and two in AAC games since Navy did join the American Athletic Conference. And, you know, SMU really hasn't had to leave the region. You know, they've been in Texas playing all their games except a, a short road trip to, to La Tech, you know, in mid-September. Uh, so this is going to be real the first real – big long road trip and test that Sonny Dykes' team is gonna will have had this season. You know, here's Coach Ken Niamatololo on this dangerous SMU team, especially offense led by Tanner Mordecai. 
you know, you win and you're excited about the win and then you see who you're coming to play like, oh crap, they're, they're good. Really, really good. But Sonny's in their system, they've been good for many years. And now, you know, with the quarterback, uh, like you said, with the weapons around them, I mean, nobody's been able to stop them. You know I mean? They've just been a machine. So super scary playing against them. All right, these two teams will play for the Gans Trophy. A lot of people don't know about the Gans Trophy. It was created not that long ago in honor of Frank Gans, who played at Navy from 57 to 59, was a 1960 Naval Academy graduate, was an assistant also for a couple of years at Navy before going on to the NFL as a longtime special teams coach, considered one of the best to coach special teams. And um, he went on to coach at SMU after that and passed away tragically uh, during his second season at SMU in 2009. So, you know, Frank Gans is a tie that binds the two programs and that trophy will be on the line on Saturday. But Bill, not to, I don't, I'm not going to let you know I drink the Kool-Aid, but I guess my pick in this game, I think Navy's going to pull an upset. I got a gut feeling that they're going to find a way that this is going to be one of those games was like holy cow where has this been i just got a sneaking suspicion about the naval academy on saturday i mean i I guess i I have a hard time again they i will say this they have played better the last couple weeks than they did early in the season when again we were destroying them for not being able to score points, not having any real identity on offense, just unable to do what Navy has done the entire time, uh, you know, when Coach Ken's been there. And for them to pull this off, they're going to need a game that they haven't had in quite some time. They're going mm-hmm. to have to have a game, and, and that goes defensively, I think, even more than, than on offense, where they're going to have to prove that they can slow down a team that has the ability to throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. i got to see it. Again, I, I've got to see it. They've given up 30 points in three quarters to Central Florida, and then suddenly the defense or Central Florida's offense just went stagnant over the last 15 minutes, and they got the big uh, you know, interception there late in the game. You got to show me again, you know, if they, if they do pull this off, they will have pulled this season out of the fire completely. And we'd have a whole new outlook outlook on it. I still think they're only a two or three win at tops team, but Hey, you, you beat a, a ranked SMU team. First off, you're ruining SMU season. They're done for any type of main major bowl game at that point. Um, I'm not a big believer in SMU. I mean, they beat La Tech by two, barely on the road. And I don't think La Tech is that good of a football team. Um, So I'm not convinced that SMU is some powerhouse. I just think their offense does things that Navy isn't great at defending. I think that's maybe that's the best way to put it is this matchup isn't the best when you look at what Navy does well. 100% 100% agree with that. I It's just something in my gut that just has a... That's fine. You're an old Navy guy. I get it. You used to work I, up there in Annapolis. I get I, it. <laughs> I've seen strange things happen sometimes. And, you know, Ken Niamatololo is a guy that you don't count out. But 3.30 p.m. Saturday afternoon on CBS Sports Network, Bill. Wyoming at Air Force, the second game of that CBS Sports doubleheader with the Service Academy, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time kickoff, 4-0 Wyoming. The Cowboys haven't played a Mountain West Conference game while Air Force 4-1 off to its best start since 2016, the last time they were 4-1. 
Falcons a six, six and a half point favorite at home, but they didn't play last year due to COVID. Um, you know, this is another big one. I don't think, I'm not sure how good Wyoming is. I don't think we've seen enough. You mentioned before we started recording, look, they barely beat the worst team in division one, which is UConn. I mean, and had to go late in the game to do it, to remain or to stay undefeated. I will say, I don't know how good Wyoming is. I think maybe the best team they beat is Montana State out of the big sky, and that was the season opener. It's weird because I also look and see that they beat Ball State a couple weeks ago and beat Ball State pretty handily, and that's the Ball State team that just took care of Army. So I, I know in college football you can't do the you know, A beat B and B beat C, therefore A should be able to beat C. I know that's not how it works, but... I'm yeah. with you. It's weird that they dominate Ball State, who's who's not a bad football team, and then they struggle on the road against UConn. So if if I were a betting person, and I'm not, but if I were, I would be real tempted to take Air Force and give the points and sit back and watch Air Force rack up 400 plus yards on the ground again and win this thing like you know 34 to 17. That's just to me. It smells like that kind of game. Air Force, their defense has been playing much better since the Utah State game. They figured out whatever it was that was bothering them, and maybe it's just not playing Utah State helps. And I just don't know how good Wyoming is. So I'm, I'm taking Air Force in this one because I don't trust the Cowboys because they barely beat UConn, and I can't get past that. No matter what, they barely beat a horrible UConn team. So this has got Air Force... Um, you know, especially uh, at home, this has got Air Force written, uh, double digits written all over it in, in my mind. All right, Air Force number one in the nation now, rushing offense 367 yards a game, second time of possession at 37 minutes and 30 seconds. But, Bill, you referenced the defense. Air Force defensively ranks number one in the Mountain West in total defense and scoring defense, giving up just 284 yards a game and 16 points a game. Um, second in the Mountain West and 15th nationally in turnover margin as well. Um, this is why I think Air Force, a dangerous team right now, is they're doing it on both sides of the ball. Um and you know, when it comes to the Mountain West Conference, you know they've only played two games. Price a little low of a sample size. We need to see a little bit more. Um, but a six, six and a half point favorite against an experienced Wyoming team, which ironically is coming off a bye on, under head coach Craig Bowl. They'll have to have that extra week to prepare for the triple option. Um, you know, still I think dangerous Air Force. I think Air Force also wins. Let's hear what Troy Calhoun had to say about Wyoming and this experienced cowboy team coming to Colorado Springs. Certainly they are experienced to no end. You know, you look at how many of those guys that are fourth year, fifth year guys that all played last season. They've done it, you know, they've made sure when you look at the investment they've made in their program, uh, how much they value guys having that fifth year of eligibility and then also now the sixth year of eligibility with, um, you know, with the COVID year also. So they got a bunch of guys that have been there for quite some time and have played really good football for them, too. Yeah, Bill, because Wyoming is not a team you think about that has a lot of guys that are heading off to the NFL early. No, no, and and it's nice for them to be able to keep some of those guys around to play, you know, as as Coach said, the extra year and then the extra, extra year. And this is a team that that wants to run the football. They average 180 yards a game uh, on the ground. So 
while those numbers sound tiny when you compare them to the likes of an army and an air force and when navy has their stuff going that's still as a division one football team if you're rushing for close to 200 yards a game you're doing something right on the ground but that's another reason why i think air force should be okay in this game because they're used to practicing not against the same type of run game but they're used to practicing against the run game day in and day out when they're there you know going against each other so um you know, Wyoming's going to be able to move the football a little bit. I just don't think they're going to be able to stop Air Force at all. And I think Air Force defense, again, has made enough adjustments from um, the beginning of the year. Again, I, I see this one as a double-digit win, and, and we're going to be sitting here talking again about how well Air Force played. And gosh, if they hadn't blown that Utah State game, they'd still be undefeated. I, I don't see Wyoming putting an end to that right now. Yeah, Wyoming uh, head coach Craig Bull mentioned earlier, he's 4-2 and all-time against the Air Force Academy. And, you know, some folks around college football probably recognize that name. You know, he was the head coach at North Dakota State during that, you know, glory run um, in Fargo and decided to surprisingly kind of up and leave and, and go to Wyoming in 2014. This is a guy that's more than capable in terms of a head coach. Again, 4-2 and all-time against Air Force, but Air Force does lead the series in Colorado Springs, 17-12-1. and um, Good football game, I think, that's going to be on hand. 7 o'clock kickoff on CBS Sports Network. Again, the Falcons just under what, Bill, touched under a touchdown favor, about yeah. six, six and a half points. Yeah, where the, where the line is now, it's uh, six, six and a half. It, it may move and get to seven before they kick things off on Saturday. But yeah, it's, it's about a touchdown. And I think that's a reasonable spread. I just think Air Force is ultimately going to, you know, pull this thing away uh, in the fourth quarter. It may be a close one going to the fourth quarter. It might be something like 24-17, 20-17, whatever it is. But I think Air Force is just going to have too much for them and, and, and take control of this game late. Right there with you. All right, when we come back on Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football, our Travis Mannion Foundation honor roll segment, honoring a fallen hero. That's coming up next. You know, the Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll segment where we honor a service member who has given the ultimate sacrifice. The Travis Manion Foundation it was started in 2007 when Marine First Lieutenant Travis Manion was killed, saving his wounded teammates. And that legacy lives on. And the words he spoke before leaving on his final deployment, if not me, then who? More importantly, the Travis Manion Foundation is helping uh, family members of those who have lost loved ones by uh, empowering veterans and families of fallen heroes to develop character in future generations in local communities across the country. And we not only remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice here in the segment, but how the families of the fallen honor the legacy, service, and character of their loved one. And this week, uh, somebody that we're going to talk about and remember is Captain David Boris from the United States Army, who was killed on November the 12th, 2007 in Afghanistan, when his vehicle that he was riding in was struck by an IED. And David, who was a native of Pottsville, Pennsylvania, was just 30 years old. Uh, when he lost his life serving our nation in the United States Army. And he was a member of the 1st Squadron, 91st Cavalry Regiment, a 1999 West Point graduate, also was the co-captain of the soccer and swim teams at Pottsville Area High School. And he is survived by his wife, Jamie, <clears throat> his mother, his father, 
uh, a sister, brother-in-law, nephew, and niece. And, you know, one of the things that I read in, in learning a lot more about David uh, was something one of his high school teachers said, and quote, he was just one of those really, really good guys. He was always concerned about his men, end quote. And David Boris, who uh, was remembered uh, by the Travis Manning Foundation, where they presented David's story to over 600 students at St. Eleanor School in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area through their Character Does Matter program on October the 14th, 2011. Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll, we, we remember the sacrifices of those who, who did give that ultimate sacrifice, but as we mentioned, how their family members and loved ones are sharing their story uh, of commitment and sacrifice in hopes of empowering local communities and those who serve uh, and live in those local communities around the country. So we take that time to to step back and, and say thank you to the family members and to the loved ones. And this week, uh, to the family members and loved ones of Captain David Boris from the United States Army, who was killed on November the 12th, 2007, in Afghanistan. We will always remember their commitment and most of all, their sacrifice here on the Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll segment. All right, wrapping this one up, Bill Rowland and Price Atkinson. Bill, we're in the middle of a college football season. You called out, you you calling me a fan here a few minutes ago. You are a diehard Red Sox fan. How about that one uh, <laughs> last night as we record on Wednesday? Your pre- give me your predictions running through the Major League Baseball playoffs. Uh, well, I, I'll get at least three more games for my Red Sox. That's about as far as I'm going to predict as far as that goes. Um, yeah, I don't want to be too giddy and happy because if somebody downs, lo- downloads this Saturday morning before the games and they're down 0-2, it's going to sound pretty bad. Um, Tampa's really good. Um, yeah. So, like I said, I'm just I'm, I'm happy that I get to watch at least three more games of the season because it's just been a fun ride. But, yeah, I think the, the playoffs are going to be a lot of fun as we sit here and record this. The wild card game for the Dodgers and Cardinals is tonight. Um, and I even think, you know, the, the Brewers – and the Braves could could be a real problem for for anybody that uh, that comes out of that other side, and and obviously the series if it's Dodgers Giants again, that's just going to be tremendous. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I I mean I'd like obviously I'd like to see the Red Sox go all the way through, but um, I think if you get you know L.A. and Houston, that would be a lot of fun considering the the history that that they have kind of. You know, solve that problem once and for all, mm-hmm. as it were. But uh, yeah, it should it should be a lot of fun. A little distraction from college football this weekend. I just hope my Braves have more than three games left. <laughs> game one in a five game series is always critical. But I'm hoping we got more than three games left. I would love another crack at the Dodgers. I might be, you know careful what you wish for. I'd probably rather play the Giants. But I mean, you're going to find a tough out either one. I yeah. just want a piece of L.A., although L.A.'s had our number. But I guess you got to get by your first one first, and that's Milwaukee, you know, it, uh, you know, there starting on the road, game, first two games. So it's going to that's going to be a great series, though, because I really like obviously Milwaukee's pitching has been phenomenal. Their offense has struggled here down the stretch and Atlanta, all of those young guys that they have so much fun to watch from Austin Riley to 
um, Ozzy to all those guys. They they're they're a delight and and they bring such joy when they play. That's what I like about them too. Yeah. Is is they they play with such fun and passion. So that series, I, I mean, that could go five and and flip a coin because it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. As long as we come out on the winning end, I'm okay <laughs> with whatever happens. All right, uh, Bill, two games this weekend. Again, Air Force and Navy, I'm going to call it. I think I got my gut says it's going to be a 2-0 weekend. Army is off. It's a roll of the dice. you got to roll them at some point when you're at the casino. You just can't stand and watch too long. Yeah, no, I get it. And and I trust me, I'd love for it to be 2-0. I'm still going to stick 1-1. One one. I think I think Navy will, will stay in that game. And maybe even cover. I think it. I think it'll probably end up 14 by the time they kick off. So I, I'll say that they stay within the, the couple of touchdowns that the line has. And I think Air Force wins and wins going away. So I got a one and one week, but maybe a two and zero cover week. All right, you heard Bill Rowland. I'm Price Atkinson. Remember, download, listen, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, Google Podcasts, Service Academy Football, Army, Navy, and Air Force. We will be back to do it again next week. Bill Rowland, I am Price Atkinson. We will see you then. Thanks for being with us for this edition of Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. A reminder to find us on social media through Yards and Stripes and subscribe or follow this podcast wherever you find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And we will catch you next time on Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football.